Hello listeners, this is Cynthia Pavamani, your host. Welcome to the Pick Up Your Bible podcast. I hope you had a great summer. It's fall now, we're back into the rhythm of things and back in our study as we continue in the series, Jesus Said What? Today we study Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 34. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So this is an interesting passage that definitely challenged me. There were parts that I struggled with just understanding and also parts that I struggled with applying in my life, continue to struggle with applying in my life. It starts off saying, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. So what is it that we should do with the money that we earn, the possessions that we have? I'm convinced that it doesn't mean that we shouldn't work and earn a living. Uh, the reason I say this is because the Bible is full of passages of how we work hard and experience the benefit of that. And also to save up for that rainy day in Proverbs, it says, Look at the ant. She prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. So there is, in the kingdom of God, this emphasis placed on being able to work hard and for your family and to care for those around you and to be able to give and to care. So it's not the attaining of possessions, it's the accumulating of possessions that Jesus is addressing here. And it's very helpful if we read the parallel passage in Luke chapter 12, verse 33. It says, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old. So it gives us this idea that our possessions are not for the purpose of accumulation, but to be spent for the purpose of meeting the needs of others. So a true worship is to be seen in the active giving instead of accumulating. And Jesus quickly follows this up with an equal and opposite reaction. He says, do not do this. Do this instead, storing up treasures in heaven. So we talked about how not accumulating, but instead giving away, selling, distributing your possessions. So this idea of what you earn and what you work for is for the kingdom of God, is to be used the way Jesus would use it. And we pray to be his hands and feet on earth and to let our money flow through those hands into other people's lives in order to help them in order to bring the gospel to those ears. It says store up treasures in heaven. What does it mean to store up treasures in heaven? When I thought about this, one thing that came to my mind was 
You know, we cannot take our silver or our gold or any material possession we have to heaven. But what we can take, what can make that trip from earth to the eternal, our souls. So how do we invest our money into the saving of souls, into the gospel work that's being done around through the ends of the world? Um, this is our treasure in heaven. This is what we can store up in heaven. Our souls that have been saved by the saving power of the gospel. Jesus says, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. When you are heaven-minded, our heart's treasure, the glory of God, is a most valuable possession. Our earthly belongings are spent, we willingly spend, to attain this invaluable treasure, which is the glory of God. We will be motivated to sacrifice for the intention of loving people and pointing them to Jesus, because it's in that that God is glorified. He follows up with this verse that it was very hard for me to understand this verse in this context. And maybe it is for you, maybe it's not, but let's move ahead. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. So like I said, this verse threw me off for a long time. I couldn't comprehend its meaning in this context of money or wealth. And it wasn't until I came across this commentary where it pointed me to the words healthy and bad here, where it says that if your eye is healthy, the word that's used for healthy is the Greek word haplus. In biblical terminology, the word haplus is used to mean generous. In James 1, in encouraging the one who lacks wisdom to ask God who gives generously, the adverb generously is haplos. When Paul speaks of the generosity of the churches in Macedonia, he uses the noun form of this term, haplotis. So what Jesus is pointing to here when he says healthy eye, it's the eye that looks upon the world with generosity. Such a vision of the world fills our lives with the radiant purpose of glorifying God through our generous acts. In contrast is the bad eye, and the Greek word poneros is translated as bad here, and it means grudgingly or ungenerously. The ungenerous eye closes up our hearts to the needs of this world and our active participation to meet them. So how great is that darkness inside us, asked Jesus, if it closes our hearts up and it closes our eyes up to seeing the world's need for the gospel around us. Um, it makes us unlike Jesus. How great is that darkness, he says. And then we come to the last verse of the passage for today. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. The actual translation should be, no one can be a slave to two owners. And this would have made complete sense to his first generation audience. We might think we can serve two masters. Yeah, I'll, you know, I can split my time. I can split my efforts and my devotion between two, two different tasks. We might think we can do that. But one slave was never owned by two different masters. Two people cannot own the same possession. This was a picture Jesus was bringing to his disciples. You can either belong to God or you can belong to money. 
So how do we know whether we are owned by God or by our money? Jesus says, you will love one and hate the other. Love for one means hate for the other. And each of us must answer that for ourselves. Which has our hate? Which has our love? You know, that's that's a hard question when you're honest with yourself. Do we love money? Because that means we hate God. Do we love God? Then that should mean we hate money. A second point God makes is that one has our devotion and the other our despise. Now, devotion is such a unique act that requires a singular object as its recipient. Our devotion, Jesus says, can either be to God or to money. Again, never both. I wondered what it meant to serve money or be devoted to money. At first thought, my answer was always, of course, I, I don't serve money and neither am I devoted to it. But I'm also not sure that I knew what serving money meant. And then I read this uh, by John Piper. He explains what it means to serve money and what it means to serve God. So let me read his words. He says, quote, serving money doesn't mean doing things to meet money's need. You serve money by calculating all your plans, your efforts to benefit from what money promises you. You calculate your whole life to benefit from what money promises you. Your life revolves around trying to put yourself in the position of the greatest benefit from money. That's also what it means to serve God. You serve God by calculating all your plans and all your efforts to benefit from all that God promises to be for you. Your life revolves around trying to put yourself under the waterfall of God's greatest blessing, positioning yourself for the greatest benefit God has to give, namely himself. Close quote. When I read this, it became a little harder to say I wasn't serving money at all. A lot of our earthly decisions has been to put ourselves in a position of the greatest monetary gain in order to better educate, make more money, retire early, give to the kingdom of God. Jesus' words confront our sin, not to drown us in guilt, but to help us transform the way we live, to, to change our thinking. This is a hard passage to digest, but as believers, we must wrestle with it in our hearts till we come up on God's side, on the side of truth. And this is the beauty of the Word of God. When we pick up our Bibles, when we read, it always transforms our lives when we surrender to its truth. So listeners, today I hope that this quick run through um, this passage is a blessing to you. I hope in a sense that it convicts you as it has me and that it changes the way you think of your possessions, your wealth, your money, and how you go about earning and spending it. Thank you so much for joining me today. I pray that you have a great week. Also wanted to tell you about my second podcast that I've started. It's called Read the Proverbs, where I go through one chapter of Proverbs daily um, as a way to start your day in just the wisdom of God so that you can use that throughout your day as you confront different situations at school or at work or at home as you deal with different people, different things, different 
circumstances. Uh, so check it out. It's called Read the Proverbs with Cynthia Pavamani. I believe it's live on Spotify right now, still in process with Apple and other podcasting platforms, but keep an eye out for it. Uh, follow it if you can. And regarding this podcast, send me any questions, suggestions, just a hello after a long summer break that we took. I'd love to hear from you again. Until next time, listeners, God bless. Mm-hmm.